IUCN director Frank Hawkins is an expert in the birds of Madagascar. He speaks with IFC wind energy specialist Sean Whitaker about how their professional lives have become intertwined. Do you remember when we first met? I'm pretty sure it would be in one of the very agreeable restaurants in the capital of Madagascar known as Tana. I think it was in 1994. By that time, you had been there for how long? I first went there in 1987. When I first met you, it was kind of intimidating because I'd heard about you. People said, Frank knows more about birds in Madagascar than anyone on the planet. And I probably know the least about birds than anyone (laughs) because I came there to do windmills. Basically, what I did for 20 years was spend as much time as I could going into the more recondite little corners of the country and figuring out what was going on in terms of the ecology. And you were there building windmills. I just had this little project that I was pursuing. I'd received some money from the Canadian Development Agency, and my job was just to design and build and install and maintain these windmills for water pumping. We used to drive around the south of, of Madagascar, and you could spot Sean's windmills as you went past. There's another one of Sean's windmills. <laughs> He'd sort of planted his flag across large swathes of southern Madagascar, which was really great. At the time, if you had asked me if I would do this as a living, I would have laughed for a very long time. Because at the time, in, in the early 90s, wind was more of a hobby than an industry. I remember going to industry events that were held in barns <laughs> and sheds. It was a very much a cottage industry. And no one ever thought that it would ever evolve to what it is now. It's remarkable to see how things have changed. Wind has become one of the cheapest sources of new generation. And you've got wind turbines that are you know, 100 meters tall with blades that are you know, 70 or 80 meters long. And the amount of power that they generate is remarkable. The notion that even five years ago that you would be able to run a country like the UK using no coal power at all for, what was it, a week on renewable energy, plus a bit of gas. That's right. I don't think anybody would have dreamed that that was possible. There's a great deal of energy going into figuring out how those marginal remaining impacts of wind power on birds can be managed. There are places where you could certainly improve that. But the contribution that wind power and solar can make to having a habitable planet in 20 years' time, it's absolutely enormous. And you have to be able to balance that against the relatively small residual impacts of the installation of wind power. You spent a lot of time down in Fort Dauphin, Mm. and a place that I went to quite a bit. And I mean, just in terms of economic development, I remember the electricity situation that they had was unreliable, extremely expensive. And I remember that's around where I worked, and there was tons of wind. Mm. (laughs) That's really the end of the road at the end of the road. If you go by land, it takes you three days to get there on absolutely terrible roads. It would take two and a half days by bush taxi to get down there. And I remember we used to lose the road. like Mm. So we would be driving along, and then the bush taxi would stop, and we'd have to get out because no one could figure out where the road was. You'd have to get down on your hands and knees and look for tire tracks of trucks that had gone there before. And where I used to install the windmills was even farther than than that. You know, I had to take an ox car like eight hours from the closest town to get into it. It was great to have people who were doing things that, from our perspective, looked completely positive, building windmills in Madagascar. It's a really interesting new thing that adds to the landscape of exciting uh, initiatives that you might think of. The thing that I most appreciated about you is the passion that you had for this. And when people are driven by things that they're passionate about, then they can do remarkable things. When I was about 12, I discovered that there were these birds in Madagascar called mesites. And... 
they didn't look like anything else. They're just a very odd-looking thing. And I, I kind of mentally registered that they existed. But when I actually got to Madagascar and went to find these birds, it turned out that they really aren't related to anything else on Earth. They are an endemic order of birds, which is really extraordinary. There's no other comparable landmass in the world that has any endemic orders of birds. And if you look at these guys, they look like they have no idea what they're doing in the modern world. They're kind of completely baffled, you know. How did I get here? I've been here for 40 million, 50 million years, and I don't really understand what's going on. So you feel like these are guys who need help. I can help these guys make it for the next 50 million years. There's lots of other comparable cases in Madagascar of species like that, that you, you look into their eyes and they look kind of slightly worried because they're not sure what the f future has to bring. You think, okay, I can do something about this. I have a vision that our fate is to end up in Madagascar mm -hmm. together working on this project in Fort Dauphin, where we're dealing with an integrated approach to wind power, conservation, biodiversity, protection, economic development for the community. I'd love to do that.